Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 363 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 363. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel TV. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week, there are four, but there's actually dozens behind it. These four are by example only. There are many, many resources that these tools represent. You'll understand quickly what I mean when I go over them. But do know that there is a large amount of resources, both paid and free, but that they all have a different level of value to them and quality of products. So let's begin. I'd like to bring out one of the tools that I use pretty persistently. And that is Deposit Photos, D-E-P-O-S-I-T-P-H-O-T-O-S.com. Deposit Photos is a, a good quality source of excellent rich media images. Uh, it does handle more than just the photos themselves. The Deposit Photos is the photo aspect of what they have. They have videos, and as we'll go through in our discussion with technology, the techniques, of, there's a lot of variety of things to consider. But from a photo's point of view, it has excellent quality photos that are not too generic or too consumer-created in that sense. The quality and the professionalism of the images are uh, much nicer. The next tool I want to talk about is uh, pretty much the gold standard in my mind as to exceptionally excellent uh, rich media content, and that is stock.adobe.com. Now, again, the stock.adobe is more for the imaging side. There is videography side, and again, we'll talk about variations to that as well. But the stock of Adobe location has absolutely exemplary imagery. It is um, expensive in many ways. You can buy credits and then use the credits to purchase images off of it. Uh, but the images are of the best caliber, best professionalism in my mind, and highest usability. I only use this for my premium need imagery, not your run-of-the-mill average imagery usage. And we'll, again, talk about some of the nuances of that in just a moment. Switching gears a little bit on uh, types of rich media, there is a audio platform that I like using called Audio Hero. Now, with audio, it's not always just background music and or 
um, sound effects, there is a lot of variations to the types of audio that you need. Um, if you watch any TV shows or do any sort of rich media editing, you know that silence is not preferred, um, unless it's for dramatic purposes. It, you always have to have something in the background, and the quality of the audio can either make a rich media production or destroy a rich media production. So having good audio sources to pull from uh, makes it a very usable task when it comes to that, whether you want suspenseful music in the background, exciting music in the background, sound effects that uh, augment the actions within the video or what have you. Um, all of this is available on the platform Audio Hero, A-U-D-I-O-H-E-R-O.com, Audio Hero. I didn't spell Adobe, but I figure everybody knew it, which was uh, A-D-O-B-E.com. Now, the final tool to this one is a little unique in the sense that, and again, technique discussion, uh, when you're dealing with the rights and royalties to use rich media, it gets expensive because there's a difference between using rich media for personal use and for commercial use, and there are different licenses associated with those. Um, SoundDraw.io is a great circumnavigation uh, for audio. That makes it where you can create your own music, noise, sounds that you would like based on selecting tempos and themes and instruments to be used and so forth. And it sounds way more complex than what it is. It does a great generation of baseline um, audio based on the length of audio that you need. You designate that as a part of the criteria that you create within it. And what it does is it allows you to create royalty-free music, meaning what you created is original based on the parameters that you've put into it to make the music of the sound, the durations, the back tempo sounds, and everything else like that. And so you have the rights to use it without having to worry about the expanding licenses for commercial use and so forth. So that is sounddraw.io, S-O-U-N-D-R-A-W.io. And like I said, there is a whole host of additional platforms very similar to any of the ones I've just pointed out that are resources for rich media in a variety of forms. And there are a variety of forms we're about to discuss. But these are ones that I perpetually use and they have a certain caliber and quality and usability to them that we'll get into in our technique discussion of the week. Now for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique this week is how do you find rich media? Now, obviously, by the tools we've just described, there is image-rich media, there's audio-rich media, but there's also a whole mess of other types of rich media that are used in a variety of ways depending upon the medium that you're using them for. Um, in general usages, if you're doing image posting on social media or image posting for your paid campaigns, that's exactly what you need, images. And those images have to have the ability to be used by you commercially which leads you to two sources, primarily, when you consider comparisons of. You either make the images yourself that you can show that you own the rights to that image because you took that image, and that has its own limitations as to what's in the image, and I don't mean to get granular quite yet with that. And then there's the other where you acquire rich images that are done by other photographers, in which you have to then designate its usability. If it's for personal use, you can get away with pretty much using it without worrying about a violation of rights um, and, uh, to, to the usage of that image. If you are using it for commercial purposes, however, you need a release from the provider of the image that says that you have acquired the uh, rights from them, usually because you bought them, to use that image for commercial use. What do we mean by commercial use? Well, you're using it for an ad, for a business. That's commercial use. If you're throwing in an image into a personal video of your trip or vacation somewhere and you're sharing it with family and friends, 
less of a worrisome effect. Although if you ever tried to load up anything on YouTube, if you've used any sort of music that is copyrighted, you'll quickly find that you have to go through a process to make sure that uh, it's not being used for commercial purposes and whether you have the right to do that. And there's processes that you have to do to ensure that you give acknowledgement to the music so that at least from it not being monetized by the producer of that, that sound or images, uh, you've at least had the expressed rights to use it. So again, a little bit of a tangent we didn't need to get into. There are fundamentally, as we can assume, three primary rich media categories, images, videos, and audio. That, however, has grown in our ability to diversify our exposure to different platforms and media. Um, you have to consider that there's also things now for VR like 360, where you have images that are in a 360 degree virtual picture environment that can be images and videos. So you have a still image of Picture like Google Streets where you push on the little bubble and you're standing on the street looking around. That is a 360 image. That image is owned by Google. Uh, if you're wanting to put 360 images in something, whether you're sharing content or something on your website, you either, again, go through the two principal means of doing so. Either you built it so you own it or you bought it with the licenses to use it for the purpose that you have intended. Um, that gives you an example of that. And that goes to both images and video. You can have both in the world of 360. But let's look down at images a little bit. Images have a lot of different rich media sources. You have still images, which are just that. Images of whatever it is that you're interested in. It can be an image of a product. It can be an image of people. It can be an image of a location. Um, something that lends to the context that you're using it for. If it's for an ad, you want the image to be relatable to the ad that you're doing. Um, in that image, you have different things. Um, you can have an image that is an animation. It's a cartoon-esque production that you've used. Um, that is rich media. You can have rich media graphics like uh, charts and, and, and arrows and things that are, are um, not real but generated. And those are rich media vectored graphics. Those, that, that's also another image media. Then you have image media that can be related to animated, in the sense of animation drawn characters. You could have a face or a partial, you know, headshot or upper body of a character that you're using for graphics within your image requirements. So there is actually a lot of different images that can be created. Now the tools we're referring to like stock, Adobe Stock and um, deposit photos and so forth, they have their varieties of rich media just for images. And there's what's called vectored graphics, there's characters, there's animations. But then you also have some things that you don't normally consider to know much about like um, icons, uh, fonts, uh, 3D graphics, which are objects that are able to be moved in three dimensions, rotated and looked at. Um, you have presentation, you have templates, layouts and designs where there's color bars and edges and frames and overlays. Those, those are also considered rich media. You have isometrics, which if you're unfamiliar with that, they're, they're miniaturization perspectives that are dimensionally looked at, like a picture of a building that's a, a, a drawn animation. If you're familiar with Google Sketch or anything that relates to that dimensional animation, 
functions, that's what isometrics are used for. So if you were creating some sort of quasi map layout that dimensionally looks like the street that your business is on or something, that's image graphics that you need to find, discover, and be able to use and have the proper licensing to do so. To make it yourself is pretty labor intensive. So to find something that's usable uh, is only about the cost of acquisition for it. But these are all types of rich media graphics that exist into the world of images. Now you start getting into variations of images, animations, GIFs, uh, things that have a short uh, movement cycle to them. Uh, we've seen them over and over as memes and so forth several times. Uh, these are short little animation GIFs, these things that happen in a brief period to convey a message by their usage. That's an image, but it's not quite a video. Which brings us to our next category of rich media, which is videos. Uh, videos have, as we discussed already, some other forms to themselves. They can be 360, they can be the video animation themselves, they can be long, they can be short. And in those videos, you have to have the rights to use not only the video itself, but that you have the expressed rights if anybody's presented in the video that they have signed off on its usage. That's a very key element on now the two ways that you generate these types of, or get these types of content. If you yourself create the video and there are people that can be seen in the video to the point of being able to be recognizing them, that's, the, that's the, the line you have to look at, then you need to have an expressed way that they have conceded the rights to your usage of their likeness in the video that you've produced. There's a couple of ways of doing this. One is, and the easiest is, to go over and simply record them saying it's okay to use me in the video. Walk up and go, hey, we just did a video of the lobby, you were in it, we're gonna be doing it for our website or whatever your purpose is, is it okay that we use it? And let them be recorded and saying, yeah, it's fine, no worries, okay? That's the easiest. The other is, if it was done and you can't get the recording or it's something that was professionally choreographed in the sense of having actors and actresses in it, you get signed releases from them that releases the uh, usage of their likeness to the video that you've created and also the images that you've created that they might have been in. This is multi-usable for when it comes to getting permissions. This is a very key element to everything we discuss about rich media because, and this is the mistake that so many businesses do, because somebody has posted it publicly on a social media platform, let's say, of them being at your hotel or them being in your restaurant, and you think it's a great post and you love the video or you love the image, and you literally take it from their platform that they produced it or they put it on and then use it the way you intended to use it, you don't have implied rights to the usage of that rich media. You need to ask and get permission from them as the creator that says, hey, we love this video or the image that you did of us at our lobby and so forth. And we'd love to share that on our website or we'd love to share that uh, for our, our ads or whatever. Is it okay? And get written permission from them that says, yeah, that's fine. Please go right ahead. That's good. They might even ask you say, hey, you know, it's pretty popular. I just don't want to give it away. And you might have to pay for them letting you use it, paying for the rights, but make sure that you have the written contract that says you have those rights by the payment that you've given to them. It is very critical that in all rich media that you do, that you use it legally. Do not just rip it from a website. Uh, if anybody's done image lookup on Google, you see that that is a... Uh, predominant way of people getting images. There's lots of times you see images like, I've seen that before somewhere else. And sure enough, whoever you're seeing it now with has basically ripped it from some other place because that image works for them. Now again, it really relies upon what you ripped it for. If I grabbed an image and from a me to a friend of mine, direct message, used the image to convey a message to them, that's really not 
creating a problem. It can, don't worry. I mean, there's ways for the, the companies like Getty and so forth to chase down that you've taken an image from them. And unfortunately, if it was shared by them and it became popular, you're the one that's being responsible for because you created it. But it really is the real hard line that you have to know when doing rich media usage from a business perspective is that you're using it for business. And as such, you have to ensure that all the rich media that you're using, you have the rights to use it for the way you're using it. Don't imply that, well, it's just for personal usage. It's not a big deal. Even though I use it for my business, it's not getting out there too much. You use it for a business, you need the rights to be able to use it for business. Plain and simple, black and white, there is no gray zone for it. So now, we've talked about videos, we've talked certainly talked about images, we've talked about variations to videos to some degree, we've talked about the gray area, <laughs> gray zone, as relates to uh, GIFs and animations. But now let's talk a little bit about audio. <clears throat> we have mentioned that there is um, the variety of audio that you need. You have music, you have voiceovers, you have voice, you have translations. Um, you also have language variations to what you're using, where you may have a recording and you want to put it into a language that audiences that are native to that language want to hear your audio from. I've done that uh, not all the time, some of the times on my podcasts, where uh, when I get a large surge of people from a particular country that the native language of that country is not English, I'll go through the effort of taking the popular podcast that they've been listening to in English, which I appreciate them doing, and throwing it into Spanish or uh, I did it for Filipino, I did it for Japanese. Um, and of course, the translations sometimes don't translate perfectly well. You have to rely on the translating software. But this is audio that you need to have the rights to do. If you've created the content, that's great. Getting it translated is great, knowing that there are some errors for it. Uh, ownership is not the issue. Quality of the translation is. Um, a lot of times I will do um, subscript uh, translations where, like our live show, we translated in 11 languages. I will, I will change it to all of the choices of languages we have based on the audience, countries that we see show, watching the show on a top tier basis, top 10 properties outside of English speaking are the ones that we make the languages for. And it changes one or two languages uh, per show uh, as to which ones we translate to depending upon the listenership. Uh, but these are all audio things, rich media things that you can do. And there's lots of softwares for the language translations, um, voiceovers, creation. Where you can type stuff and you can pick a, a language and an accent with the language and have somebody speak the words that you type. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, with music, as I mentioned in the tools, you can use language that, or music that's already been created with the proper licensing. And or you can create your own music, like I mentioned with the SoundDraw tool, that allows you to not worry about who owns it because you created it, you owned it, so you have the rights to use it and it's easily identifiable. Um, this gives you the ability to add this rich media to whatever purpose you have for it. Now, as mentioned, on other variations of rich media, there is the 360 video things that are becoming more and more of a value proposition because of the usage and integration of VR into our community and our culture. Um, so having 360 images, having 360 videos, that kind of rich media is becoming more and more of a specialty. There's also a lot of things where you do spatial video and spatial audio, which means that when you, uh, there's platforms like Mattersport and so forth, and, and your iPhones have what's called LiDAR, and we've had previous shows discussing this in creating these videos, but there's a difference between doing a video where you're in a position, a 360 video where you're in a position that you can only see around you from the position of the camera, and then there's spatial video and spatial 
of, I would say, video, spatial images that allow you to physically move around and move around the room without the room changing. So uh, it's as if you're in the room virtually by having a spatially perspective correct image of the room. And these are going to become more and more valuable, more and more used, and a growing demand and growing libraries and probably growing tools of these types of things uh, as more and more people adopt VR usage for more than just entertainment and or casual interest. Um, this covers pretty much most of the rich media. There are fractions and variations to all of this. Um, the ability to to animate somebody, uh, deep fakes is what people call them, where you can take somebody and make their face move and talk with words that you type with an accent and a voice that you've created. There's actually tools to go over and take, and if somebody's willing to read a certain series of paragraphs, um, then they will actually mimic that person's voice for whatever you type afterwards. There's lots of new and emerging rich media variations that are coming out, depending upon the creativity of what you would be using it for. But do know that there is a critical element, element always to this type of media of rich media, and that is the rights to use it, either because you created it or because you purchased the rights to use someone else's content that was created. You purchase it from a platform like the tools we discussed, purchasing it from somebody that created something that you find useful and reaching out to them and asking for that permissions and compensating them if that's what they're looking to do, but never taking or stealing the rich media. That is a key thing to do because where you think you may get away from it, everything on the internet is forever and even though you thought that it was only being used for something small and insignificant as you grow in popularity or where you grow in success or you discovered companies acquire the ownership of rich media from other companies and they will go out and look and pursue what that rich media was used for whether it was legal or not and if it was used illegally they will chase you getty is famous for this uh, chasing you down, saying that you owe them a whole ton of money for illegally using rich media that they now own. So always make sure you keep the credentials associated with the ability to use rich media. So that covers our rich media technique of the week, which brings us to our news and show review. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. News and show review. The show today was supposed to be about getting ready for budget season 2023. Unfortunately, actually, fortunately, why am I saying unfortunately? Fortunately, um, Edward St. Ange said that he was able to break away from his daily Friday grind and join us for the live show, which gave us a chance to really get updated with what Flip2 has been doing beyond what most people are familiar with what has historically been doing. And it was a fascinating discussion about guest discovery, interaction with the guest via a booking engine that it's been adapted, the things that Flip2 is doing, how they're engaging, how they're retaining the relationship, reconstituting a, f a sense of, of individual marketing. It was a really fun conversation to get caught up with Ed about all the things that Flip2 are doing, all the cool stuff that is yet to happen with them and the expansion of its usage for a variety of CVBs and, and large or ownership organizations that are utilizing now this very innovative way of guest engagement. I don't want to take any of the thunder away from the live show review. Uh, we kept it for the hour as much as it was hard to keep the genie in the bottle. So by all means, please go to our um, website, hospitalitychannel.tv. Look for show number 363 and you'll see it. We'll recast it uh, next week. So if in case you missed the live show on Friday morning, uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, it will play more conveniently for 11.30 a.m. Uh, Wednesday morning uh, Sydney time and 11.30 a.m. 
uh, Wednesday, London time. So it fits into the different time zones a little bit better for other people. So please catch up with it. It was a lot of fun. We'll bump the real discussion about getting ready for budget season 2023 until next week, um, where we'll talk more about grinding into what's actually happening for our, quote, hospitality budget season. Uh, which we always make fun of, but it's a reality. So we'll cover more next week on the original topic, but it was a pleasure to have Ed with us on the show today. Our news item I want to try to drop into is a, a very fascinating article. Uh, fascinating, very fascinating. Those are overused words. It's, it was a very interesting article by um, Moz on the social media competitor analysis, the complete guide. I pulled this out of the news feature to tie together with uh, getting ready for budget season 2023 because we've been building up to it with the live shows of talking about the discovery of data, the usability of the data, the definition of feeder markets, the ability to identify feeder markets, the usability of internal revenue management marketing uh, data. This aggregated to that conversation where you have resources that you can look at your competitors in social media so that when you develop your now new and improved SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that you always need to do for your budget season analysis, that you should have a very good perspective on your comp set, not just the way you've always envisioned it with your Smith Travel Report or Star Reports, but with your social media competitive set. Who are you going against in your market, in the mediums of social media. And in the article from Moz, which the link is in the show notes, uh, in their blog, it comes from Moz's blog, so you can find it if you're already familiar with the blog uh, from Moz. Uh, look for the Social Media Competitor Analysis, The Complete Guide. It gave five useful tools that um, I've used. They're not my favorites. Uh, a couple of them are, are, yes, they are, but they're expensive. <laughs> they're great, but they do cost money. Uh, more so in comparison to other tools that I use. We have had other shows about social competitive set tools, you know, SpyFu and Ispanage and things like this. Um, we'll bring that into our dialogue in the coming weeks as we go through the budgeting conversations again for 2023's analysis. Um, but just know that this is a great article to give you, at least if you've not heard of them before, a good stick in the sand and make some comparisons and understandings. So with that, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora. The list goes on 39 platforms and counting. We're even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant and Siri. Just ask them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. But no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please smash that subscribe button and rate us. That allows others to discover our content and appreciate the perspective that you have of us. And of course, you can always get with me directly by sending me an email at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. I answer each and every email, both for the live show and for this podcast. So please, by means, I'll uh, reach out to me for that. And of course, if this is the first time you're hearing of our show, we welcome you to subscribe to us on the platform you discovered us on or 38 other platforms you can find us on. Uh, any which way, all of our podcasts, all of our live shows are in uh, Forever I Love Lucy reruns on our website of hospitalitychannel.tv. There you'll find the latest shows in rotation to the older shows. And as we segment more and more of our shows based on content and co-hosts, you'll be able to research them that way as well. And of course, uh, please do not miss our weekly live TV talk show this week in hospitality marketing, the live show, which airs every week on talktravel.tv, hospitalitychannel.tv, all of the social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, 
Um, you name it, that's on all of them, on multiple platforms, but most importantly on your TV, on Roku TV, Google TV, Amazon TV, which is, you know, Fire Sticks and everything else like this, and Apple TV. You can just look for the Hospitality Channel. The live show is always on the free gateway side. It is a pay subscription channel that you can go to where there's much more content behind the payment gateway of $4.99 a month. We highly encourage you to do that for all the cool content that's behind it. But as always, as a default, you can watch the live show as well as Software and Services, which is another program that we just started from our review of high tech is also on the free side. So you get to see that regardless of whether you subscribe to the channel or not. So with that, my name is Lauren Gray. I thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 363 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved copyright 2022. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.